Here we go. All right, here we are on another episode of MEPcast. And today it's my pleasure and a great honor to have with us two people who are going to help us analyze the situation for business. And I will start with a lady, uh, Luisa Santos, Deputy Director General of Business Europe uh, from Brussels, right, Luisa? That's right. We're yes. Even I if thank look like we are in Brussels. Thank you for thank you for joining us from Brussels and also in Brussels, if I understand correctly, is Costadinos Diamaduros, who is the permanent delegate of SEV. That's the Federation of of uh, Greek, the Hellenic Federation of Industries. So the the Greek chapter of Business Europe, correct? And you're also in Brussels, yes? I'm also in Brussels. I stayed for the good weather. You know. Okay, yes. Well, you have good weather. I'm in Athens today and in lockdown. So supposedly weather doesn't matter, but the truth is today it's very cold in it. So there. Okay. Thank you for having us. Thank you for being with me. So the, 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 the point of these MEPcasts is to analyze various aspects of life during and after the COVID-19 pandemic. So the, the main, I'm gonna get right into the, the topic and the topic is what happens now? I mean, what is, what is the, we all have a sense that this has great effects on the economy in general, but what, what I'll start with you, Louisa, if you can give us sort of an overview of Business Europe's perspective of how this is affecting businesses, not just in the short term, but also their strategic uh, their strategic thinking. As you may know, I'm the I'm the vice chair of the International Trade Committee in the European Parliament, and our our um, commissioner who spoke to us the other day has analyzed. Aside from an, analyzing what happens to trade, you know, afterwards, and and how we get back to and what we get back to, we're we're having a big discussion now about strategic autonomy in terms of of what we produce in Europe and making sure we have what we need, which clearly um, can't be achieved just in Europe. So we're also talking about diversification of supply chains. Um, this is all a nice theoretical discussion. So please could you give us an idea of what, what does this mean for businesses and what are businesses on the ground um, telling you, what are your members telling you, and what are the strategies that you're suggesting to regulators and to legislators like myself in order to move on past this crisis and meet the challenges it presents? Please, Louisa. Thank you. Uh, maybe I would like to start with, uh, with the immediate uh, concerns. And I think the immediate concerns are, of course, returning to normality as soon as possible. So a lot of the big concerns of companies right now is ensuring that they have in place the necessary conditions to return and start producing again. This mm -hmm. is making sure that their employees feel safe. So this is very important. Uh, the other uh, question is, of course, making sure that all the disruptions that happened during the crisis, including you know, problems with the borders, uh, problems in the internal market in terms of export restrictions are uh, eliminated once and for all because this is critical. I mean, a lot of the problems companies have right now is making sure that their goods arrive at normal prices at the end destination. So I think this is the big concern. It's also a problem of cash because a lot of SMEs are, of course, uh, in a very, very difficult situation. So making sure that they are able to restart the, economy, the, the activities is also critical. Now, in terms of trade, uh, what do we need? 
Well, one of the big things is transportation. I think that is very critical. You know, the fact that we have less flights, less commercial flights has also a very negative impact on cargo because a lot of cargo is transported uh, in commercial flights. And this is important, for instance, for the transatlantic trade. Yes. Trade in medicines and healthcare products. So this is very important. And then, of course, all the measures that were put in place uh, to safeguard uh, supplies in certain countries, you know, export restrictions from India to the US that they are progressively eliminated. We don't want to end up in the situation as we had, for instance, in the 2008-2009 crisis, that the number of G20 countries introduced these measures and then they did not eliminate them. So we don't want this to be an excuse for protectionism. We mm -hmm. want that this crisis is also an opportunity for us, precisely because it is a global crisis, so it needs a global response. So we can, of course, think, and I totally agree that we need to think in Europe what needs to be produced in Europe, um, but we also, and should also look at this, not as a way to be completely self-sufficient, of course, we need to find alternative sources of supply, but it's also a way to tell us that we need and will need to rely on trade for our recovery. We will need to find new markets and we will need to make sure that once companies go back to business, they are able to, of course, sell their products in Europe, but also sell their products elsewhere. Okay. So getting back to normal is the first goal. And then the second goal is making sure we continue to develop and trade freely. But clearly, and Costadina, maybe uh, before I ask you, I'm gonna ask you about Greece. You know I'm gonna ask you about Greece, but before, before you give me the Greek perspective, maybe you could, you could um, elaborate on, on, uh, on, on what Luisa was telling us. I mean, there is, um, there is a lot of, there was an a, a draft of the industrial strategy, as you know, released by the commission right before we went into whatever lockdown. Um, I think clearly, to, in my mind, that's going to need to be reevaluated, if, if not just for practicalities, maybe because of, of what Luisa just said, which is there is, there is a sense that we can't be self-sufficient, but there is a sense that we need to at least make some sort of contingency plans on the business level to make to 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 ensure that trade continues or to ensure that what what is produced in Europe is produced and to protect ourselves also from outside forces so what do you think the next step is for that i mean what do you think that what what, what kind of businesses would you consider need to be strategically placed in terms of this industrial policy that we're going to be discussing costadina well, I mean, talk about the industrial policy and if we look at the two main axes it had, I mean, the first, I think both main axes of the industrial policy are somehow valid. One was that we need to strengthen the single market and the internal market because this allows businesses to grow. Uh, it makes Europe an attractive place for investments. And this also in turn allows also Europe to be strong and trade effectively uh, with the outside world. Um, at the same time, the industrial policy was correct to say that market forces do not always work and we need to be a bit more strategic in certain areas. And in fact, there were certain areas like batteries or autonomous cars where some joint actions had happened. 
Um, clearly, we will need to, to see what other areas we have. I mean, pharmaceuticals will need to be one area. Um, but I think, by and large, I mean, the fundamentals of the industrial policy should somehow remain the same, as well as the focus on digitalization and the greening of the economy. Um, but one thing I think is important to bear in mind uh, is in the very short term, we need to look at some of the initiatives of the Commission, especially when it comes to reducing CO2 emissions. And I think there it might be good for the Commission to pause for maybe a few months to allow companies, as Luisa said, to come back to normality. And it's not a time to really uh, go for very ambitious things which were valid prior to the crisis. Maybe it's best to wait for a year, um, get some levels of growth back, get employment back, and then we can tackle some very um, difficult topics like how we achieve climate neutrality or how we reduce CO2 emissions by 2030. So I think business as usual, but let's be a bit cautious and let's not uh, move ahead like nothing has changed. Okay, and, and, and Louisa, you've been, Business Europe has, has been um, very vocal and has pointed out how important it is to move on to the next phase of digitizing um, industry and broadening connectivity and and all this to make it more efficient. Um, do you think that this, even this lockdown period or the new normal, as they call it, of the way we'll be doing business or even the priorities of, of regulators and legislators will be pushing us in this direction, which you have already sort of made, have been very outspoken about, about um, in terms of businesses? Yeah, I think we're all facing the challenge every day. I mean, we're all working from home. So we're all using the platforms. We all seeing the problems that they have precisely because they are, they were not, uh, sometimes we don't have the infrastructure. That's a big issue. I mean, today, for instance, we had huge problems in the morning in Brussels yeah. because the network was not really working as it should. So first we need to have uh, the infrastructure that allows us to digitize more and, and to use more these tools. I think that's very critical in Europe that we need to make sure that the infrastructure is there and, and that the necessary investments are done in this, in this sense. Then of course, the other challenge that we are facing today is the question of cybersecurity. I mean, this, this was very clear. We keep receiving warnings about certain platforms or others that are not so secure. We, we keep receiving warnings of hackers and so on. So this reality is also something we need to live with. Do we have the necessary means to ensure that we are working on a safe environment? So the question of safety uh, will also need to, to be addressed in, in a proper way. So I think this will be critical for the future. And of course, also the use of innovative technologies like AI that has been very much as, as a priority for Europe will continue to be a priority for Europe. And we need to do a right balance between ensuring that we respect privacy while, and the safety of citizens, while at the same time, we in Europe remain innovative and are competitive with other third partners that of course will become more and more prominent. I think that one thing we should not fool ourselves is that this crisis will not change the fact that we have a very polarized world between US, China, 
-hmm. And of course, Europe needs to play a leading role. And I think that's very important. We need, and these crises really put their more uh, emphasis on that, that Europe needs to play a leading role. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more. And I think that Parliament is being, a, 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 let's say, a very vocal in trying to trying to push policy in the direction of, of having a, a joint response and also um, making sure that Europe lives up to the challenge for its citizens. But Kostadina, in, in Greece, um, unfortunately, up till now, we were, um, if you look at the DESI index, for example, we were you know, in one of the, one of the close to close to close to the bottom there, um, but um, in the last couple of months, actually, because I've been following this sector for for a long time, even when I was in national parliament here in Greece, I mean, in the past month and a half, I'm really we've made leaps and bounds in terms of digitizing services for citizens, um, and and that's been noted by everybody. And of course, everybody's had to upgrade their digital skills from you know from my 75 year old mother who now wants to talk to my son using her smartphone when she couldn't do it before. You know the way we work in Parliament, which is basically through a system like this, and you know vote electronically, whereas we used to go back and forth twice a week. So. Um, but businesses were also very far behind. So what, what, what Luisa, in fact, had mentioned for Europe as a whole in Greece was pretty much the same situation, if not worse. How are, are, how are businesses affected, first of all, in Greece? I mean, what are your members telling you? And, and if you could give me some insights about the digital aspect of this, what's it doing for okay. business? Okay, well, I mean, let's start with economics. I mean, we, Prior to the whole crisis, Greece was meant to have a pretty strong, you know, growth this year. It was projected to be close to 3%. Unfortunately, we were unlucky. And I mean, it's difficult to really predict what the level of the recession will be. I mean, the most pessimistic, the IMF says around 10%, but the Bank of Greece and some rating agencies like Moody's says around 5%. So, I mean, for sure there will be a recession. Um, I don't want to make any real projections because I think it's difficult. But uh, now, as you correctly said, I mean, uh, Greece was really a lagarde in terms of digital skills. We are 26 on the DESI index. Uh, and I think this not only uh, pertains to the, the public authorities or individual citizens, but also to businesses, you know, in what we call the fourth industrial revolution. Uh, and I think there, there's a real need for Greece to, to, to catch up on this and uh, I mean SEV actually organized a very big conference in December 2019 where it actually presented some proposals for actually making a national strategy because I think the first step should be actually to devise a national strategy with a government which has been very cooperative with all private stakeholders to agree where we need to focus where the money needs to go what technologies we need to actually develop I mean uh, 19 countries already have an industry 4.0 strategy. And I'm very encouraged actually that the Greek government is currently working on one. Mm -hmm. uh, as you correctly said, this crisis has actually forced us to become very digital. Even within SEV, where teleworking was not happening ever, now we've been teleworking very effectively. And also the government has managed to roll out some services uh, which were unthinkable, you know. So I think right. we see it as an opportunity and I think there's a good momentum, but we really need to, I think, um, come up with a strategy. And I know the government is working on one now, and I'm looking forward to receiving this in the coming months. So. 
Okay. Well, that's that's encouraging news. So, yep. Louisa, now I'm actually gonna I'm gonna quote you because uh, we follow your very interesting uh, your very interesting studies and. Um, what it, you sent a message addressed to the members of the European Council just not too long ago, I think it was in, in the end of March, and you called on the European institutions and on member states to, and I quote you, focus on the essential in order to avoid diverting resources. Mm -hmm. um, now, this, this is obviously part of the Business Europe strategy. So, so could you, could you tell us how is, how is this goal now affected? I mean, what is considered essential apart from our health and services that have to do with it. Um, how are your priorities with respect to what's essential and what needs to be done changing with respect because of, because of this COVID virus? Well, I think I, I mentioned already in the beginning that we need to see the short term and then we need to see the, the, the medium term. On the short term, I think the main, the main question is to make sure that we have a smooth functioning or reopening of the economy. And, and this means allowing companies to start operating uh, on, a, on, a, on a basis that is more or less consistent across Europe. That's not gonna be very easy. Also mm -hmm. because we have different strategies across the EU. And I'll give, you, I'll give you an example. For instance, we have very different views of what is essential or critical in different member states. So sometimes this has a huge impact on supply chains. I'm, I'm a company that my activity is considered to be essential, but I'm, I'm dependent on a supplier that is on another country and that one is not considered to be essential. So in the end, I'm not able to produce my product. So right. this is a very specific aspect that for us is critical. So we need to make sure that this works. We need to make sure, for instance, that workers uh, are able also to come to their job and that they feel safe. So that's gonna be also a priority is making sure that companies can provide the safety conditions for their workers. And again, I'll bring a concrete example. So we, for instance, need to be able to provide masks and protective equipment to workers. So it's also important that companies have access to them, not just the government. Uh, when we are talking, for instance, of eliminating the duties uh, for these products, we also would like the private sector to benefit from this because we want companies to have the means precisely to restart their activities on a normal, on a normal scale. So this is the very basics that we are talking okay. about. Then on the medium term, uh, what, we are, what we are thinking, of course, we don't want the EU to give up the Green Deal, already Constantinos mentioned that. Of course, we, we, we have the targets and we are fully committed to them, but we need to make sure that in the number of proposals that will be presented uh, on, as an implementation of the Green Deal, and I'm giving the example of Green Deal, we make sure that the, we use some um, rational thinking and making sure that we take into account also the economic reality that companies are, are living and that it was completely different from the one that we had uh, before COVID. So companies in many cases are fighting for their survival and we need to be very conscious of this. So without 
diminishing the goals or without forgetting the goals in their, in their implementation, uh, we need to take this new reality into account. That's a bit what we are talking when we mention about specific. Great. Um, Costadina, and, uh, and this is my, my, my last question to you. I mean, one of the reasons that the project, project, pro projections for Greece and, and its uh, recession are so high is, as you know, that the tourism sector is a very big part of the economy. And the reason, you know, some people say 5% and some people say 10% is nobody really knows what's going to happen this summer. It's a totally different situation if we have tourism starting on the 1st of June and a totally different one if we have tourism only in August and September, for example. Yeah. But um, I was looking at the Greek national statistics, and they actually said that in terms of in terms of enterprises that are um, that have actually ceased their activities during the shutdown, it's actually not a large percentage. I don't know if correct me if I'm wrong, but it actually says 1.6 percent here. What I'm looking at. Um, okay. So I wanted to ask you, you know, what the impact is on businesses in terms of what you think the you know, what you think the, the exit strategy and, and how important is it for businesses to get back to normal and, and how much of an effect is, the, is there from that on the Greek economy? I know I've heard also a projection that as long as this situation lasts, that's two and a half percent, we're losing two and a half points a month in terms of, of GDP. So um, give me a sense of the numbers. And then finally, I, I know that Sev and five other um, organizations representing Greek industry have joined forces recently in this, um, in Greek, in Greek it's called Omada Exostrefias. Now I don't know what it's, what, what that means, you know, is that a team, uh, outward looking team, team, I don't know what the, what the, right, but anyway, my understanding is that they're, what you're trying to do is um, support uh, Greek industry abroad, correct? That's the, the idea. So can you give us a sense of those two things? Okay, maybe I'll pick up on the, the last one and this will take me to your first point. Okay. And, you know, so this, indeed this uh, Omada Exostrefias, which is like, um, uh, it's a group of five uh, organizations which got together to somehow coordinate how the private sector uh, promotes uh, exports in third country. Okay. Uh, this was very because until 2018, uh, there was no coordination either between the governments or between the different bodies, you know, so obviously we were not as effective and we had a fair amount of duplication. So mm -hmm. this is a very good, simple way of operating. We came together. Uh, there is information about when we would like to go to a country, which targets were, con which countries were targeting and for example, markets or specific segments. And, uh, this allows us also to coordinate with the government. Um, this is a very good practice which has to carry on uh, after the crisis. You know, of course, now exports are, are down. Right. Um, now, how does this link with uh, the first point? Because you're right that Greece's economy has always been too dependent on tourism and domestic consumption. And you know, one of the purposes of this action was to also try to diversify the economy and increase its uh, exports uh, growth uh, orientation, you know. And I think this is something we need to, to insist on because uh, it's true that uh, compared to other EU economies, our exports are only a very small percentage, you know, uh, of our, our GDP. So I think once the economy stabilizes, 
we should be able to 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 get back to normal. Um, now, uh, now the situation per se, uh, we already had some data. If we look at the economic situation, we already had some data as of end of March. Very big uh, falls in demand of um, orders, uh, mm -hmm. and unfortunately, I'm sure this is carried on in April. Right. Uh, so. I mean, even if only a small part of the Greek economy has been shut down forcibly, I mean, the global, we are connected to our European partners and globally. And this, you know, I mean, right. I, it's, un, it's unfortunately not the case because we have not shut down completely, right. but we can continue operating. So I think it's going to be, once we have data for April, it's going to be pretty dramatic. But I'm hoping that as of May, we start to see things slightly pick up, you know. So let's, yeah, let's see. Well, we're going to stay optimistic, so we'll stay optimistic, yes? Yeah. What well, okay, well, Costadinos well, Yamaduras, permanent representative of SEV, the Hellenic Federation of Industries from Brussels, and Luisa Santos, Deputy Director General of Business Europe, thank you so much for being with me today and having giving us, giving us your insights from your longstanding experience in the effects of the pandemic on businesses. And please, in closing, I, I'm going to ask both of you one question, and I want a very, a very short answer, so that you know maybe, maybe I can also quote you on our on our trailer for this. If there was, what is the the number one thing, the the number one factor uh, for businesses to get back to normal after COVID-19? If there was the one thing you would tell us to do, tell regulators. Well, the one, the number one thing we need to take care of, the most important thing for businesses to get back to normal, what would it be? Now you're, you have to rank now. I mean, Louisa gave us a whole strategy there, but you have to pick one, Louisa. So what, what's, the, what's the number one priority I should have when I'm thinking of helping businesses get back on their feet after the COVID-19? Uh, making sure that uh, companies uh, have the economic means, especially SMEs, to start their activity. I think this is this is the main priority. Right okay, now. that makes sense. And and Costadina, I would say stability because we know that no one knows really what the rules of the game are now. I mean, uh, so we need to to know what. You know, I mean, what is a critical business? What is a non-critical, and how we can trade? And I think we need clarity and stability. You know, for okay. Companies to be able to decide. All right. Well, thank you so very much. Thanks, both of you. The the number one wish is stay safe, <laughs> stay healthy. Yes. Thank you. You too. Thank you very you too, much thank for your thank time. Thank you very much. I appreciate thank you. it.